turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Facts. Welcome to Records and Bands, I'm Rob Jones. Joining me tonight are regulars Sam and Jamie. And our special guest, Aaron Lewis from Last Jedi on the left is back. Hello, everybody. Hello. 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 Right, you should know the score by now on the spot question of the week time. If you could walk off any TV panel show in a right half, which panel show would it be? And don't say records and bands. <laughs> pointless. Yeah, I'd walk off pointless. Why? Because I'd, I'd probably think don't I'd you got like a re- tall people. I th- I th- <laughs> I'm not the tallest. I, I probably think that I got a really clever answer on it when it, when it wasn't pointless. I'd think, nah, I'm off. <laughs> that was my best shot. Sam? I know it's not strictly a panel show, but I'd uh, I'd quite like to throw a load of eggs on the floor and walk out of the bake-off tent or something. <laughs> yeah, I think Paul Ollie would do all the washing up, something like that. Go on, Aaron. What you got? What am I going to go with? I'll go with the... Can I say shooting stars? Because then I could be famous like that guy from... Uh, the guy from Dallas. I can't remember his name. Because he stormed off, didn't he? Yeah, Did JR. He? Yeah. There we go. I showed the kids um like a best of shoot the first series of shooting stars thing off YouTube. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, well, it was when mum and dad were down and mum just watching it going like what's this? And Lily was absolutely laughing like a drain. <laughs> those those are always both the reactions you get when you show anybody shooting yeah, stars. Yeah. 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 What is this or uh, creased? Right, should we go back to uh, your school days or your that that days of knocking around in the early two thousands? Um tonight we're looking at over the counterculture from the ordinary boys. Now we did kind of cover this a little bit with Alex ages ago, mm-hmm. but because we also spoke about a couple of other records, I don't think we've really done it justice. And you love it so much, don't you, Sam? Oh, I do. I do. These are definitely one of your bands. So do you wanna give us a little bit of well, nearly said give us a little bit of oral then. Would you like to give us a little bit of an oral history about your relationship with the band oh, and this record? I know yeah. it's quite significant to some of Jamie's style choices from what he's told me back in the days um, with his school band. So, uh, Sam versus the Ordinary Boys. Let's go. I just fucking love this band, right? I don't care what anybody says. I, 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 I'm not interested in people's negative opinions about this band. I don't want to hear it. So, if that's your plan, have your off and your stall. I think in an era of exceptional first albums the ordinary boys over the character culture is as good as anything else that came out in that five-year period i think that they're one of the bands that i and it's, again I'm, I'm slightly older than you guys but they were one of the first bands that i felt were like an adult band almost i listened to a lot of bands like green day blink 182 this kind of thing, and you'd go to a gig and everyone would be your age, and that kind of made sense. And then I went to an Ordinary Boys gig, and I was like the youngest person there, and it was just like full of blokes who have just come off the building site or, you know, just just finished at work and taking their tie off and chucking their Fred Perry on, and it just felt like a whole different world to get into. And I just absolutely adore this album i love the band i love everything about i think i don't rob i don't know if this is what he's after but he's getting it 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I think they're a great band. I think this is a great record. Came out, uh, I suppose you it's kind of a bit of a informative years record, if you will, for me. I just love it. Just love it. Really, really like it. And I'm really glad that we've got at least two people on this tonight who share that opinion, hopefully. Jamie, go on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Look, so... you've been sat there drinking beer all night. <laughs> so next. <laughs> yeah, I could gather myself. Yeah. So I thought we were discussing the other album until Sorry I was start, mate. <laughs> until I was corrected. <laughs> and then I thought, oh dear, I'm going to have to try and cram that in at some point in the next three days put it on listen to it once realized i know a lot more than i thought i did so i must have listened to it back in the day i was and i'm not sure if i was aware that that was their obviously i wasn't aware that it was their first album because i was listening to the wrong one but i think it was more the, the crossover to the second album that 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 really hit it with us boys will be boys was on that i think i feel like when that hit that was the big track that was the the big oi oi boys if we can if we can use one of your phrases and things started to change slightly in terms of influences uh, for us at school and you know walking around with no tie on and popping your collar and wearing your white lacoste trainers and that kind of thing and bad boy yeah we did, we <laughs> did we did occasionally uh, play up to you know being being in the ordinary boys and um it was short-lived, but it happened at school. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, sorry, you may have covered this before, so we're going to change the subject completely. Um, you got you you were into them from that first album from before. Did you, did you go and see them on that first tour? Then I saw them, I, I, and, and hats off to him. I've always described him as my cool friend. Um, Alex heard them and passed them on to me, um, and like I said, it was a real set hype of that punk kind of world that I was embroiled in, you know, that had sort of been the sort of my teenage years, really. We saw them at a Red Inn festival one year, and I remember not being able to persuade anyone to go watch it with me, so I went and watched it on my own, and then I met with Alex later in, like, in the night, and he was like, oh, man, did you see the fucking Honorary Boy? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just, just loved it. And it, to be honest, for a little while, it felt like quite a cool little, like, Almost in joke, but not joke. But if you know what I mean, felt like we had you had something just between the two of you. Like yeah, and they did this whole um, ordinary army thing, which was like the fan club, if you will. And we got well into that, and you know all that sort of stuff as we were sort of seventeen, eighteen. But yeah, fairly early. Yeah, I was. What what genre? What genre did you put this in, Sam? Uh, I think it's a punk album, almost. To be honest, okay. I think it's. Certainly elements of punk in it, elements of Scar. In, in the same way that I would say that it's more... I, I would always think that like the Libertines' first record was quite punk-sounded. I would put it more that side than I would say, I don't know, the Kaiser Chiefs or something like that that came around around a similar time. So, Aaron, where do they fall for you? For me, the one thing that I, uh, I realised when I was looking back, because I remember getting into them probably as the second album was coming out. Like, the first album was definitely already a thing. So I probably got into them around that time, like 2005. And I've much preferred the first album to the second, but the second had a few good tracks on it and stuff. I think I must have seen them, like, a couple of times. But then it kind of quickly went to, like, 
he was in Big Brother back when Big Brother was the thing that people used yeah. to watch. And then he came out of that and he was uh, with that, the girl, I can't remember her name, that he Chantel. met in there. Yeah, that's the one that he met in Big Brother. And then they released the third album. And I was like, oh, this, this isn't as good anymore. And I don't really like this that much. And I was like, that all came out within like two years of each mm. other. And I was just sort of like, how did how did that happen? That that must have been four or five years, surely. But no. Um, so it, it kind of shocked me a little bit. And and then going back and listening to this first album to me now was like, I, I loved it. And it also felt like such a tragedy to me because I was like, this this album was great. And then you listen to their third album. And apparently they did a fourth album. I didn't even know that till this week. But it was after they reformed a few years later. Yeah, I was going to say that I think it's, it's Preston and one other of the original. Right, okay. It's it's all right. There's some decent stuff on it. So it's right over, mate, really. Fair enough. I didn't I didn't listen to it. Like I said, I already found out it existed this last <laughs> week. But it was just kind of like you compare this album to their third one, and I was like, this is such a, such a shame what happened to this possibly great band here. That third one get a bit sympathy. Yeah, it's got a bit of shit, to be honest with you. There's I a mean, few, there's a couple of good tunes on it. But I, to be honest, and I think he would probably admit it himself, I do think it all went to his head a little bit. Do you think like, he started chasing it a bit? A little bit, and I think, I think, you know, he went from this sort of, like, kind of cool, kind of, you know, fashionista almost with his, you know, with his throwback gear and all that. Do you think he fancied himself as a bit of a Pete Doherty type? I I think he fancied himself as a bit of a Paul Weller type. Mm. Oh right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. And then I, I do. I think he, he they had some success, and because they were they were quite big to be fair for a, for a period. And I do think it went to his head. And I think I, I don't know what went on with that third album because it is it's it's not good. Like not by a long stretch, and I'm a big fan of the band. Um, I'm going to get firmly off the fence. Yeah, and, and then you'll know where I am, and then you you guys can do your thing. So it's not my cup of tea at all, but it is just a little step up, just a little step up from a lot of that sort of indie that 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 stuff of of the time. So. I'm, and I'm going to throw some of your records under the bus, Sam, here as well. It's just okay. a li- it's a little bit better than like that hard fi record. Yes, yeah, yeah. CCTV. It's better than that, but it's that's a good record though. I won't have you trashing that. Um, well, <laughs> but yeah, I do kind of. But personally, I do kind of lump them in with like the hard fi and Kasabians yeah. and well, it's that, all the same time. Yeah, really. And if it wasn't for the brass in the like in the mix, which I think could get annoying if it was much higher in the mix, mm. I think it's that production on this record that kind of just helps to lift it from the crowd of the other stuff that's going around. I think that all that brass could be annoying if it was any higher, but if it's any lower in the mix, then it all just blends into hard fi Kasabian type stuff. I've always seen seen them as well. I'd say slightly punkier end of that indie scene rightly or wrongly is this like we'll come on to it a bit more but like it's like maybe someday on that record which is like halfway through and that's like you know that's a punk song really and i think they cite different bands as well to like some of the others where i think some of the others are perhaps more your classic oasis blur kind of first wave indie i think the ordinary boys certainly back then 
cited more like the Buzzcocks as, as influences and the Ramones. And as much as it pains me to say it, because it's always been the one thing that's I've not liked about them. Like the Smiths are a big influence. And I don't know about you, Aaron. I, I can't stand the Smiths, to be honest. But um, um, I like the Smiths. I find it difficult to listen to them now. Yeah. But leave it there, I suppose, for that one. That's a yeah. different day, I, mean, look, I think. But once you're a fascist as well as a bit of a prick, like Horace, <laughs> yeah. it kind of kills it, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like, you can definitely hear a Morrissey influence there, which, you know, I, you know he, he took them on tour before they were had an album out and stuff. So, you know, he's. How much of that was an ego thing for himself, though? Oh, yeah, probably most of it. Yeah. Um, I did see there's also there's a band called The Ordinary Boys in America, the, uh, a Smiths cover band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that as well. Actually, doing a bit of research. Their website's actually much not looks not much nicer than The Ordinary Boys website does. <laughs> <laughs> um, you saw them down in TJ's, Sam. Yeah, probably the best gig I've ever been to, I would say. TJ's is, is probably, well, it's up there, top three venues, isn't it? Always. Yeah, it's great. Tiny little place. Like, I'm sure every city's got one. But yeah, that was amazing. That was they had released Brass. Uh, sorry, they'd released Boys Will Be Boys as a single, but the album hadn't come out yet. So like, it was almost like an in between. They were almost like they were probably too big to be playing such a small venue, and they were rammed. It was rammed in that. It was made. It was just like. They could have filled the centre, probably. Yeah, and then once Brass Band said Malcolm out, they were doing those like academy level sort of gigs. But yeah, that was amazing. I saw them a few times in Cardiff, and man, it was. Sorry, I'm taking over a little bit here, but it was kind of like a bit of a perfect storm for us because, like me, Alex, and Adam in the main, the three of us, Elliot came a couple of times, but like we had friends who were sort of gone to uni at various places and they were all like quite big so we had like a mate who was at uni in manchester we had a mate who was at uni in cardiff and you know all like the hubs so it'd be like oh let's go see so-and-so and well you know we'll, we'll go to the ordinary boys but we'll stay with him and he can take us right like right the uni towns and all that sort of thing and it was that kind of perfect storm almost for seeing them and that that pulp how did Ben feel about them? Because I remember you saying about Arctic Monkeys that he kind of didn't trust them. But so I was, I was Ben with the Ordinary Boys. He grew to like them because me and Alex loved them so much. So we had to, like... Yeah, he came with us to the TJ's gig. And I think that was a bit of uh, like, oh, they're a, they're a proper band sort of thing. Have you boys seen them? I've seen them. I think I've seen them probably three times, maybe. I feel like I have, but again, I mentioned that like my entire fandom for them was like within two years. So I, <laughs> when I say I haven't seen them, Aaron, was I with you any time you saw? Yeah, them? I have no idea. Possibly you were. I was just going <laughs> to think. I felt like I might have, but yeah. no, I'm pretty sure I haven't. So did sorry, just to backtrack onto stuff that Jamie said before. So did would you guys have gone to like Leeds Festival together? So I was at the Leeds Festival you went to, wasn't I, Jamie? Yeah, but not together. Yeah, yeah, we were together. Oh, yeah, we okay, went yeah, together yeah. one. You were you went for about three years. I think I went yeah. every year from every year bar one from like two thousand eight to twenty thirteen. I think for Leeds, I think I did twelve or thirteen. No, I think yours was was it later. I think yours was earlier than that. 
Anyway, the headliners, mm-hmm. were Prodigy and Kings of Leon um, and the Arctic Monkeys. That's where we saw the Arctic Monkeys. But um, with the Ordinary Boys, that's why I was asking Sam what genre he would put them in because I felt like before I listened back to them, I felt, oh, it was a scar punk influenced indie band, basically. It was just enough on the outside of indie compared to everything else, which is why they got that initial pop. But then listening back to the first record, you can hear the influences, and I definitely can hear the Morrissey and the Smiths because I've written it, I've wrote it down. And one song in particular is is a Morrissey song, um, with he wailing away. <laughs> but um I think I know which one you make. <laughs> yeah. But that that first record I think is more of an indie record. Okay. With the with the influences you can hear, but the second album is almost like, well, wait a minute. That was like a record label turned around to him and said, "Wait a minute, we we've got a ska punk thing here that was missing for the UK that we could have jumped we could jump on." And then that whole album became that. And then, like Aaron says, it was two years; it was short lived, and it was gone. And then by that time, I discovered Arctic Monkeys that I'd moved on. Yeah, um, yeah. I, le- I left my uh, Fred Perry behind, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that was why I was asking where you would put it. Did you notice a massive change between the two? Oh, we should get onto the quite categories, really. But did you notice a big change between the two albums, Sam? Like at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt as if they lent into the scar side of it more for the second album. I don't think it's um, it is it is a bit of a change, but yeah, there's elements of it in the first album that it almost feels that they were like, and whether this was a creative or commercial decision possibly both that it was like unless oh, let's, let's do the scar thing a little bit you didn't see them before they before the first record no 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 because you, you don't know if it was like a they were a scary more scary and then they turned it down a bit for the first record and then turned it back up again don't know to be honest with you i think uh don't quote me on this but i think they actually started life as a more of a hardcore band all right okay yeah do you know what that rings a bell but they, they, they were a bit of a harder band. Yeah, and then they kind of introduced the more trumpets and, mm. you know, that kind of, and that kind of side of it came in a little bit later. But, yeah, I'm glad you said that, Sam, because I feel like I was making it up until you said that. No, 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 I don't think... I'm not sure of the detail, to be honest, but, yeah, that does, uh, that does ring a bell. Right, should we get into the categories, then? Yeah, let's do it. Bye, then. Come on, then. Honourable mentions and have a row over what's the best track on the album. <laughs> For me, it's at a wanted, uh, a coin toss between uh, Maybe Someday and Seaside. I, I love both of them, and I what I think is cool is that they're sort of the opposite ends of the scale on that record. You've got, like, the one of the harder ends of it, and harder, and the commas, you know, with Maybe Someday. And then you've got Seaside, which is brilliant with the trumpets. And yeah, they're, they'd be my, my two that I would put forward for this category. I also Seaside like, is nice and breezy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like In Awe of the Awful as well. I think that's a good track. Yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a really, really strong album. For me, I think I also, I, Seaside was always the one, especially first few listens to this album was always the one that stood out because it is a bit different i suppose as well yeah. i i really like the first track over the, the title track over the counter culture and probably also week in week out would be up big there for me. Yeah. yeah 
Which one did you learn to play for the band then, Jamie? Uh, it wasn't on this album. It was the uh, Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, yeah, when it all kicked off. That week in, week out one, I can't quite remember now. My phone's gone dead, but kind of reminded me of listening to the very own Angry Barrels track. <laughs> oh, well, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. Um, You'd take any of this now, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I had um, over the counter culture and talk, talk, talk. Talk, yeah, yeah. But the yeah. talk, talk, talk was the, the, the lead. They were the singles, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I had them. Yeah, it's 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 a. I think it's really strong record. I could, I could plumb for any really that you you know. I'm happy to. There is something to be said as well when I was listening to it, like say way back when of being sort of fifteen, sixteen, getting into this kind of music, and at the time thinking like. Robot or a monkey as being like a really clever thing. And like you listen back to it now, you go, it's maybe not quite as clever as I thought it was, but it worked on me at that time. And I think it is pretty, pretty good track. I don't know how the timings work out for you. And this is probably jumping around a bit that we like to do, but there's always those records that kind of fit in with your last free summer. So it might be like the last summer holidays before you, like after school, but before you start work, or, you know, the ones where you've got no responsibilities and, there's usually records that jump out for that, so I don't know if that fits into anyone's timeline with this one. It's a bit late for you, isn't it, Sam? No, it's probably not. It's probably it's probably end of college, kind of, heady summer days, the, the year five ashes, all that sort of thing. You know, if I were to do, like, a, a Spike Island sort of thing, or, or like, a This Is England, where it all fits around uh, the, the 90 World Cup and all that sort of thing, it would be Ordinary Boys, the 05 Ashes, and I don't know, whichever girl I fancied at the time. <laughs> we'll say your wife, shall we? <laughs> Let's not say my wife, because in 2005 she was about eight, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget you've got a young, a young, a nice young wife. We do indeed. My do wife. Indeed. <laughs> right, okay. A- anything that drags on a bit, anything that you hit the skip button, I'm not going to ask you, Sam. Well, no, well, you, you can. Oh, go on, then. I've got one. I hate Settle Down. Well, so will the album by a long way for me. Settle Down's in a tough spot as well because it's coming off the uh, the specials cover and then you're just getting into Weekend Revolution yeah. after that. So it's uh, it's not a... I don't think this. It kind of comes back to what we were saying about the Less Than Jake album in previous episodes. But it's it's what it's like thirty eight minutes long, yeah. So it's you know it's another one of them that you, okay maybe this is dragging a little bit, but I'll just ride it out for another minute and then we're into another track that I'll probably like a bit more. So it's a tough one. I think the reason that I dislike it so much is because it is for me this is the most Morrissey sounding song. That's was this the one you were referring to, Jay? Yeah, I think I think it was that one. It just all of a sudden slows down and mm. goes a little bit. Um, a little bit whaley, like I said. Yeah, uh, I just don't really know what direction he thought he was trying to go with that that track in the middle of right, this album. Probably if it's Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> the the irritating thing about it, and I'm sorry to get um, like I'm being a know it all here. There's a really good B side from that time called Little Bubble, which like they play it all. They, they I've seen them play it live a bunch, and it's not on this album for some reason. And it's such a better song than. Um, settle down you just kind of screaming put that on there instead rather than this shit language 
If I if I had to put one forward, I'd probably say just a song. I think that's again a, more of a consequence of like track listing. I think than anything because I'd rather be listening to maybe someday or Seaside, which either side of it. Yeah, I I think I'd I'd prefer just a song settled out, but they're the two weakest songs on the album. I would say. I think at one point this was the Sam Jones Award, but it's the I wish I wrote that category. So bits and pieces on the album that you think, oh, I wish I wrote that, and it might be a guitar line or a little phrase or a little bit of lyrics or just an arrangement, something like that. Anything for anyone? I've said the production on it is really good for a first record. And like I said earlier about how the brass just sits nicely and it's just enough to, well, it would be really easy to lift it higher and then it would just dominate everything, whereas it just sits enough just to stop it sounding like everything else that was going on at the time. The guy's name escapes me now, but I believe it was produced by the same guy that did Park Life. Oh, right, okay. So if that kind of leads into it a little bit, it's obviously not his first uh, first rodeo or anything, so you know he was kind of knew what he was doing on that thing. And there we go. Colin, Sam, got anything that you wish you wrote? Uh, Jamie? Oh, sorry, Jay. You can go, mate. I only had really uh, talk, talk, talk. Mm. Um, well, I'm... mine, so the lyric, um, just the, the how's the weather, grey and boring, it's amazing. I find myself, like, if one of the kids says to me, like, what's the weather doing? Call how's the weather, grey and boring, shake it out, and I'm like, we're on the way. Um, and I really like, I forget which, I think I would see side is the, you're overdrawn and underpaid and overweight. I think it's a really good lyric. That one cuts a little bit too deep for me, Sam. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's quite... Uh, back then, it felt like that's what you got to rebel against, and then here we are, that's, that's, that's it. But, um, yeah, those two lyrics that I... Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's a good songwriter, to be honest, and, and he's done a lot of stuff with four other people as well. So I think, yeah, I, I rate him as a... As a as a writer, I mean, those are the two lines that really stick out to me. And lines cannot stop because you've got to mess it up as well. I thought it was a cool line from all of the awful. I've had a lovely week listening to this again. <laughs> My one, uh, and it feels weird saying this about an album I was listening to when I was like, say, 15 or anything because it sounded like a right precocious knob then. But uh, mine would have been like, your weekday demons take their toll on you, but your weekend revolution just won't do. Yeah, and like, what did I know what I was on about back then? But now it kind of hits, <laughs> it's a bit yeah. more. Yeah, you know, it's like that, and listening to the enemies uh, away from here. Mm. Like nowadays, I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, this is actually yeah." Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, it, it's it's. I get what you're saying there, and they link nicely those couple. Definitely, of yeah. But we kind of touched on it before. Where does it? Where does this record sit against their other work? We all think the third, or you all seem to think the third album is utter tosh. But yeah, best record is it? Their best record? It is for so. me. Yeah. yeah. Jay, do you would you agree? If you'd have asked me last week, you could have probably said no. But uh-huh. uh, after listening to it for a week, yeah, I think I think it probably is. Like I say, it's that it's it's that almost we've we've found a niche in this market, this massive pool of indie how can we exploit our little corner and it was it was that scar punk element that they they really pushed on that second album but i think this one showcases a little bit more about 
what they can actually do and what they're about, and that subtlety of Scarpunk, yeah, holds more weight for me as a listener than it does just jumping in the deep end and and having a whole album full of it at the time when it was released. Really, that wasn't necessarily that because that was you might have had a couple of bands from America still still doing that, wouldn't you? Um, Streetlight probably being up there around that timeline, so it would have been just different enough to hit that arc, but they didn't have to quite go right over the deep end with it. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? So I think I agree. I think it's head and shoulders for me. I think it is. Um, I, I did make a note that even though it, it's much better than the first, the second, in my opinion, at least the second album, I do think that second album, when you compare it to some of the other bands who were around at the time, it's, it's, a good second album when you consider like this that the, the second Kai's Chiefs album for it, you know, it wasn't great. I know Arctic Monkeys bit of an exception to the world folks. That second album's really good. Yeah. But, like, and you, you hear it a lot then, you're like, it's not even that new record anymore. But like I remember hearing the first Catfish of the Bottle Men album, thinking like, fuck, this is good. Couldn't wait to hear it. and then the second album like, it's terrible. They disappeared, yeah. You know, but, and like that, that whole indie scene and that timeline was full of good first albums or Pigeon Detective second album. We're, we're about to get into that here for the next category, which is like, how does this first Ordinary Boys record compare to other big records from that early 2000s indie scene? So, I, I pers- personally, I think it's, I think it's as good as anything else that came out. I think it's as good as, for me, the, the you've always got, well, you've got the first Arctic Monkeys record, which was obviously huge. Um, and then you've got the first Libertines record, which is almost like the, the hipster Arctic Monkeys album, kind of. Uh, I might be wrong there, but I think it's as good as those albums, personally. I get why the Arctic Monkeys blew up more than this one did. I think it's as good. I think it's I think it's right up there. I really, I, and I, then you've got bands like, is it, um, like Kasabian, is it Reverend and the Makers? Reverend and the Makers were another one, but I quite enjoyed them. All of those sort of indie bands around there as well, but this is better than them, is it? Or I think this, I think this is like I said, just on the side of being slightly different. It had something right, okay. different about it, like the Hardfire album that had the ele- electric electronic side to it, and and it was just slightly different. That it... oh, I call that the soundtrack to Soccer AM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that late that later became the enemy. These these are all very. Uh... Soccer AM as well, to be fair. Yeah, I think. They are, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know you. I know you're using that as a derogatory term, but <laughs> I was well into it back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. me too, mate. Yeah. Don't worry about it, Rob. He's been a twat. But again, <laughs> I think. But no, again, I think it's an age thing because, like, at the time that this is coming out, Sam's um, obviously getting out. You know, with the lads on the town, that's probably their soundtrack to their nights out. Whereas. In 2004, I'm over in New Zealand and, like, not listening to anything new, mm. just some weird Kiwi band that's knocking about, you know, yeah, and yeah. just completely out, out of the loop of everything. And then, and then when I come back, these bands are huge and I don't really have it in me to catch up. And it was the same before in when in 99 when I, when I left to go to Australia I went to Reading that year in Coldplay opened one of the tents. And then the, when I got back, like 12 months later, they were everywhere. They were massive. So it was went from no Coldplay to all the Coldplay. 
and I just couldn't be asked with it. I couldn't be bothered to catch up with it. And it's like Blink One Eight Two. We're on second band on on the Warp tour, and I come back, and they're the, one of the biggest punk bands in the world. But I'd missed it because, you know, so maybe that's why I kind of disregard it a little bit. Yeah, but, I definitely think there's some time in about it. Yeah, yeah. For you boys, it's like definitely of the zeitgeist for a big long word. Yeah, we we would have me and Aaron would have still been at school, so we were teenagers, and it would have been. This is the first time where we've had bands that are our thing, and this is ours, and we can kind of figure out who's going to be ours type of thing. Yeah, nicking your dad's cans and taking them down the park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I played the fifth. <laughs> cans of tenants special. Right, who's putting this in their all-time list and how high? I think Sam's going to put it probably top five or six. Probably. It's, I, I, my notes, again, I just keep referring to my notes, so next time you slack me off not being prepared, I can uh, cite this. Yeah. Uh, podcast um i've put that it's it might not be the greatest album of all time but it's definitely one of my favorites and it's it's not just like one of my favorites is one i listen to so like i always say that dookie's one of my favorite records but i don't really listen to it you know but i listen to this album quite a lot like the jamie t first jamie t record i love that and i listen to it all the time like this but yeah it's right out there it's made one of my favorites i think it's in its amongst its peers, I think it's one of the better albums that came out in that five year period. And for me, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite all time records. It's an all timer for me. Jamie. I don't think it does. I don't think it even creeps in. But um there's a there's a few other records that came out around that time from that indie scene that I would pick over this. Well you're wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> And uh, and it's been nice knowing you. It's the last time I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know. It's a tough one for me because I think I largely agree with everything that like Sam's just been saying in terms of it's it's not going to be whatever people say I am. And I know you weren't a fan of it, but it's not going to be. Is this it? I know Rob, like say Rob, you weren't a fan of that one. I don't think oh, that's a good record. But that's uh, a fine. Where where were you two years ago when we did this? It's a terrible oh, record. But yeah, Get in the sea, oh. Rob. <laughs> and I'm trying to think what else is there, but like it's it's going to be just under that sort of hmm. that sort of level for me. And then, like you say, when we go on about there was sort of 99 banners that came out then with it were all the something, yeah, yeah, you know. So it's like I re- at the time I really like the Pigeon Detectives and I really like the Rifles and the Rakes and the Bravery mm-hmm. and all of these bands that came out. And I got Good all first their albums, albums, aren't they? All of them were great fair. first albums, and then you never heard of them again. They all went back to doing an office job. Whereas the ordinary boys, I feel like is a it's a bit different. It was it was different, like Jamie says as well. And uh, for that reason, it holds up way better for me. Like I could never go back and listen to the Rakes album now. I'll take just sorry, a bit of a tangent. The first Rivals album, it holds up. I would also caveat with that is the only gig I've ever left early. Went to see them like five or six years ago and they were Fucking dreadful. <laughs> really bad. And I was so excited because I love that first album. It's really good. They were terrible. So bad. Um, Sam, can I just ask quickly, as you like this is clearly your record, how much of it of your love for it is because it's you and Alex knocking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's definitely elements of it that are like if you will, a simpler time. You know, the de- de- definitely. Um I don't know if it came out now if I would have the same affinity with it, but I also equally do feel that the 
a mate that I still listen to it and still think this is good. To me, yeah. at least, it, it's not just that. If you know what I mean, it's like mm-hmm. there's some stuff I hear. I can't think of an example off the top of my head. But I think, oh yeah, I loved that back then, but it's terrible now. You know, like I can't, I can't think of an example. But yeah, there's there's definitely an element of that. Cool. Um, is, if has anyone else got anything they want to add on this record before we wrap it all up? Are we done? I have no more love to give. <laughs> You're spent. Cool. So that's us this week. Uh, you can keep up with us on the social media. That's at Records and Bands. Um, check out all our other pods. There'll be links to that in the show notes. Um, chuck us a quid on Patreon if you want. All that jazz. So that was Over the County Culture, and we've been Records and Bands. Tell me how-